Good morning. Welcome to the early morning with Dawn, this early summer morning with the sounds of the night outside. It's a beautiful day today we have to look forward to. Today we're going to study the exciting topic. Is there consciousness in death? There's so much confusion on this subject. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your clear instructions on this subject that we can have peace and know that you are so ever kind and merciful in all of your dealings with men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's begin by going to Psalms 146, verse 4. I'm going to start with verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. So there's a couple things happening. His breath leaves him. His lungs stop working. His thought, his brain stops working. There's no more thinking, and he turns back into dirt. Out of dust thou art made, and unto dust shalt thou return, we are told. His breath goeth forth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Job 14, 12, and 21 tell us. Verse 12. So man lieth down, and riseth not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. And verse 21. His sons come to honor, and he knoweth it not, and they are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. So there's no knowledge of what happens on earth after death. In the book Great Controversy, page 549, the theory of the immortality of the soul was one of those false doctrines that Rome borrowing from paganism incorporated into the religion of Christendom, Martin Luther classed it with the numberless prodigies of the Romish dunghill of decretals, or however you say that, decretals. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I'm interested now. I've forgotten how to say that. Commenting on the words of Solomon and Ecclesiastes that the dead know not anything, the reformer says, Another proof that the dead are insensible. Solomon thinks, therefore, that the dead are altogether asleep and think of nothing. They lie, not reckoning days or years, but when awakened will seem to themselves to have slept scarcely a moment. Interesting. Nowhere in the sacred scriptures is found the statement that the righteous go to their reward or the wicked to their punishment at death. The patriarchs and the prophets have left no such assurance. Christ and his apostles have given no hint of it. The Bible clearly teaches that the dead do not go immediately to heaven. They are represented as sleeping until the resurrection. And we learned yesterday that out of mercy to us, because he had pledged his life to pay our debt, Jesus changed death into sleep until the re resurrection and the final judgment. And then the second death will be the ultimate final death. 
that would have happened to Adam and Eve on that very moment when they sinned had he not stepped into the gap. They that go down to the grave are in silence. They know no more of anything that is done under the sun. That can be found in... I need my magnifying glass. Let's see here. A light, please. Um, Ecclesiastes 12.6 or Job 14.21. I'm sorry. I, I, my eyes are a little dim this morning. All right. Back to our study. Uh, Isaiah 38.10 and 11. Isaiah 38, 10 and 11. I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Isaiah was pretty clear about that. You do not see the Lord or men on the earth. In the Great Controversy, page 546, we read, What say the scriptures concerning these things? David declares that man is not conscious in death. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Solomon bears the same testimony. The living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more portion forever in anything that's done under the sun. There is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. You know, it's interesting how we always try to find a way around something that we don't like what it says. People will say things like, Yeah, they don't have love and hatred anymore. Now they have peace. Or they don't have any portion in anything done under sin because they're not here. They're in heaven. Um, <laughs> there's no device or knowledge in the grave whether that goes because only the body went there. They went somewhere else. You see how we try to find ways to get around whatever the Bible says. But you know what that is? That's spiritualism. That's spiritualizing away the plain truths of the Bible. And God has warned us about spiritualism. Anyway, I'm going to stop preaching on that. I'm sorry. Let's see. Where am I? Ecclesiastes 9, 5 and 6. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that's done under the sun. Very clear. They do not know anything. In the book, The Desire of Ages, on pages 557 and 558, we can read. The Savior had reached Bethany only six days before the Passover. And according to his custom... He had sought rest at the home of Lazarus. The crowds of travelers who passed on to the city spread the tidings that he was on his way to Jerusalem and that he would rest over the Sabbath at Bethany. Okay, so let's figure this out. He was resting over Sabbath and he was six days before the Passover. So that would be Sabbath, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
but Passover would have been on a Friday, and that was when he died, and that was when the veil of the temple was torn, and then um, that was rather that was the Passover sacrifice, but then Passover on Sabbath was actually on Sabbath, so or maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, well, how do you figure that? Do you figure it from Sabbath, or do you figure it from Sunday? I'm not sure, but in any case, it was not a Wednesday crucifixion. Pretty clear. Okay. The Savior reached Bethany six days before the Passover, and according to his custom, had sought rest at the home of Lazarus. The crowds of travelers who passed on to the city spread the tidings that he was on his way to Jerusalem and that he would rest over the Sabbath at Bethany. Among the people there was great enthusiasm. Many flocked to Bethany, some out of sympathy with Jesus, others from curiosity to see one who had been raised from the dead. Many expected to hear from Lazarus a wonderful account of scenes witnessed after death. They were surprised that he told them nothing. He had nothing of this kind to tell. Inspiration declares the dead know not anything. Their love and their hatred, their envy is now perished. Ecclesiastes 9, 5 and 6. But Lazarus did have a wonderful testimony to bear in regard to the work of Christ. He had been raised from the dead for this purpose. With assurance and power, he declared that Jesus was the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Psalms one fifteen seventeen. Psalms 115. 17. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. They go down into silence. They praise not the Lord. Psalm 6, 5. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Oh, <laughs> six five. Sorry, wrong one. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? Who shall give thee thanks? Mm. They have no remembrance of God. Psalms eighty-eight, eleven, and twelve. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave or thy faithfulness in destruction? So the grave is compared to destruction. Shall thy wonders be known in the dark and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? The grave is the land of forgetfulness. Job fourteen twelve. I think we already read that, but let's do it again. Apparently they want to bring, make a point. Job fourteen twelve. Um... So man lieth down, and riseth not, till the heavens be no more. If they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. They remain in the grave, till the heavens are no more. Huh, that's interesting, because when Jesus comes again, the heavens will be rolled back as a scroll. So that's how long they're going to stay in the grave. The heavens and the earth will be shaken at that time. Revelation six fourteen to seventeen. 
14 to 17. And the heavens departed as, oh, okay. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The heavens roll together when Christ returns to earth. Job nineteen twenty three to 27 23 to 27. Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven with an iron pin and lead in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Oh, let's see. Oh, 27. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Now that's an interesting point he makes. How could we see God without eyes? We have to have our body, don't we? And he will, will give us a new body in that day. Job knew he would wake at that time. John 5.29 tells us, John 5:29 And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation there are two resurrections aren't there the one at the end of the thousand years when the wicked are raised and the one when Jesus comes for those righteous who have died while waiting for him two classes in the resurrection 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's where Paul tells us that God will bring them uh, with us, not just the living when he comes, but also those who were dead. He will raise them and bring them when he goes back to heaven. He'll bring us all with him back to heaven. They were concerned back in the days of Thessalonians that, um, in Thessalonica, that if someone died, that they would not have a chance to go to heaven. But Paul was helping them to understand that God would raise them up first, and then we would be changed, and we would all rise up to meet him, and he would bring us all back with him to heaven. Isn't that lovely? Uh, what confidence we can have. And our last verse, Revelation 20, verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Okay, and that would be the second resurrection, the resurrection of the wicked. They're raised a thousand years later. And that is the end of our study this morning. Let me just summarize really quickly what we learned. When someone dies, his breath goeth forth in that very day, his thoughts perish, 
There's no knowledge of what happens on earth after death. They do not see the Lord or men on the earth. They do not know anything. They do not praise the Lord. They have no remembrance of God. The grave is the land of forgetfulness. They remain in the grave till the heavens are no more. The heavens are rolled together as a scroll when Christ returns. Job knew he would wake up at that time. There are two classes in the resurrection. The righteous arise when Christ come, and the wicked are raised a thousand years later. So isn't the Lord good? When people believe that they have immortality of soul, then they have to do something with you at, at, uh, at the death of your body. You either have to go to hell and continue to have everlasting life, or you go to heaven and have everlasting life. Because if you're immortal, you're going to continue to live. So they have to figure out some place to put you. But in reality, we are not immortal. They had to, Adam and Eve had to eat from the tree of life to continue to live. And they guarded the tree of life after they were put out of the garden. And they had such a vitality that it took Adam like almost a thousand years before he, his body gave out and he died. But, um, oh, where was I going with that? Um, oh, so if, if somebody had, if we had immortality, and somebody some who did some starving child stole a loaf of bread or something, and if he died from illness, that he would immediately go to hell and be suffering there. How many thousands of years before some murderer who uh, did something and deserved longer? And that's not just and fair, and God is just and fair. Everybody rests in their grave whilst awaiting their arraignment at the end. And then they all get um, their sentence handed down at the very last at the executive judgment and everybody just suffers according to what they've done that's it and they cease to exist there's no more suffering no little pockets of suffering anywhere in the lord's universe his universe will be one pulse of holiness and purity and happiness and joy and the earth will be made new malachi tells us they would be ashes under our feet because the earth would be made new over their ashes and I guess maybe makes you think of the um, the law of, is it physics, that says that nothing is ever destroyed but just changes form. Like something burns, it wood burns, it turns to gases and that sort of thing. And so their ashes would then become part of the dirt under our feet, um, I'm thinking. But all right, let's close with prayer and not let me continue to wander on. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time with you this morning. And for your great mercy and kindness that you uh, have for them exactly what they need when they die, no matter whether they're righteous or wicked. And justice is to give to everyone their just due, and that's what they get. They'll get those who want nirvana to become as nothing will become as nothing. Those who want to be with you for eternity can be with you for eternity. And what a joy. I pray for those who are here with me this morning, Lord, that they will be at peace and comforted knowing that the death of the righteous is in your sight is um, precious. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Tomorrow morning, how are the dead raised up? In other words, people were wondering, do we are they raised up with a spiritual body or a physical body? We will address that in the morning. Have a wonderful day.